Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Content in Caffeine. Glad you could join me. This week, I was joined by Alexandra Barcelona. She is the Director of Marketing at .CMS. We started off talking about a metaphor she made in an article that she wrote a while back now, but I still thought uh, and still do think is really, really relevant to today and, and even tomorrow. It's about how content marketing is a lot like working out and you know the key is to stay consistent in that workout and to keep it going over a long period of time to see the results. So we spoke about that very briefly at the beginning and then we dived into how .CMS is taking that metaphor and running with it, so to speak, no pun intended. The kind of content they're putting out, where they're putting their content, the channels they're using and how they're using their content strategy to, to drive sales and, and generate leads. So yeah, that's basically uh, the episode in a nutshell. Enjoy it. And as always, this is brought to you by Wordify. You can visit us on our website, wordify.co, the content marketing agency for SaaS and software companies. Enjoy the episode. Alex, thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Kaya. Nice to be here. Where are you calling in from today? I am in Long Beach, California. Oh, really? I thought, I thought you were going to say Miami. What no, no. I'm, uh, I work remotely. Our headquarters is down in Miami, but I am way across the country in, uh, in Long Beach. Okay. So it's actually quite early for you where you are, right? Where are you, what time is it right now? Uh, it's about 8 a.m., so not too bad. I okay. usually, usually start the day pretty early because uh, most people are on the East Coast for me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Thanks for I mean, early day, early afternoon. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah that's true. I think, I think you're like the the third person we've had call in from, from California, uh, <laughs> like in, in the last like five episodes. You don't, you don't, you don't get a prize for that, but I just want to let you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How about coffee? What's your type, favorite type of coffee? Um, just to drink regularly. I'm, I'm a big iced coffee person. Yeah. Being in California, yeah, I like the yeah, iced coffee. <laughs> you, said, you said regularly as if like special occasions you'll try something else. So what's a special occasion coffee? Oh, <laughs> that's when I like to treat myself. Um, there's, I'm not, I don't think it's on anywhere else. I think it's just in the West Coast, but there's a coffee shop that's down the street from me um, called Phil's and they make mm-hmm. an iced uh, mint mojito coffee. That is one okay. that I definitely venture out every once in a while, but it's a little too pricey for the everyday coffee yeah. with the amount that I drink. So. <laughs> That kind of sounds. That kind of sounds not very nice either, but <laughs> I'm sure it is nice. <laughs> Mint and coffee is probably not the combination that I would I would like. But that sounds, you know, maybe for some people that's going to work. Um, cool. So that's that's California's coffee scene uh, in a nutshell. Uh, let's get into sort of what we want to chat about today, which is you know, first and foremost, uh, an article of yours I come across, which was slightly older than than I'd realised, but I still think it's extremely relevant. Uh, it's the one you had published on LinkedIn. Um, it's called uh, How Content Marketing is Like a Workout Routine. So, again, I think it's hugely relevant. I think it's, it's still relevant today. I think it's going to be relevant in five years' time. So why don't you go and you know, go ahead and talk to us about that, you know, that um, this comparison you've made between content marketing and, and, and working out. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think, uh, like you mentioned, it is is a couple years old now, um, but it's probably more relevant to my life now because I think I work out more than I did at the time when I wrote it. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I was just, when I was writing this, thinking about working out as something that, you know, a lot of people, they want to do it. They can see the people who do it. You can see the results and it's amazing. We all know it's good for you. But it is one of those things where there's just really no way to cheat the system. Um, you know, you can 
you can do diet pills and that type of thing, but you're just not going to get the same results. And, you know, that got to me, me to thinking about content marketing is, is the same, same type of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of brands want. It's really good for you. It does a lot for your brand, but you can't really cheat the system. You can for a point, but it just won't be long lasting results for you. Um, and so that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was writing this article, you know, couple of bullet points of, you know, just the first thing of you, you won't see results right away. You can go to the gym for a couple of weeks, couple of days, and you, you won't see the results until you really put in the time and the effort. Um, you know, another thing, like I said, to cheaters never prosper, you know, if you're going to go to the gym and, you know, you're, you're going to lift your weights and say, I'm going to go in there and do 10 reps of this. And you only do nine, you're really only cheating yourself and you're not going to get to the point of the person next to you who's actually doing all their reps and they're, you know, getting in there. And it's the same thing with, with content marketing, you know, you're not going to, if you try to cheat the system, it might work initially, but in the long run, it's not going to work. Um, same type of thing. You have to stay consistent. You can't go to the gym five days, one week, and then not go for another three weeks and then go again for five days and expect results. And the same thing with content marketing. You can't post a blog once and then three months later, come back and post another blog and think that, you know, it's going to help with your SEO and that type of thing. You have to continually post and create content and be consistent with it. It doesn't mean you have to do it every day. Like you probably should be doing, you should probably work out more than you do that. But, uh, you know, you do need to stay consistent with it. And, you know, just at the end of the day, it is hard and it takes a lot of work. Um, But I do think with both working out and content marketing, if you do put in the work, you'll see the results. And that's kind of where I was just trying to draw the comparison between the two. Very, very cool. Very interesting. Like I said, very, very relevant. There's another point you touched on, which is it's easier to do, you know, content marketing with a support system. So Mm -hmm. this is something that I'm seeing a few people address right now, which is marketers are not getting enough buy-in from the rest of the C-suite or or everybody else on their team uh, or other stakeholders. So how should they go about, you know, you're a director of marketing.cms. How should another, you know, director of marketing or CMO go about convincing you know, maybe the CFO or the CEO to sort of invest more in, in content marketing? What's, what's the, because like you said, ROI is not going to come straight away. So that's a hard sell. You know, it may come eventually uh, and it should, but you know, what, what are the other benefits that, that are associated with content marketing? Content marketing, like you said, it's a hard sell and it's sometimes it's even hard for marketers themselves to kind of, you know, be okay with it because it is such a long game um, to, to get the results, like you're saying, and and especially for people who are not in the marketing department, it can be hard to convince them. Um, I think the thing to do is, like you said, ROI doesn't come right away. Um, So you need to find, you need to find some sort of numbers, some way to track it. Um, So even if it's not showing that, you know, because of this, you know, webinar that we did, we got, you know, this client, if you can't show that right away, you can show other numbers that can help you know, get you to that point. So you can show like, Hey, I know we haven't really seen any huge results from this yet, but you know, since we've been blogging, we've seen an uptick in this traffic or, you know, we've gone up for this keyword. So if you can show those small results and show some sort of number or tie back in that sense, then you can eventually one day you'll be able to show how your content helped uh, close a deal or get a customer in that sense. But in the beginning it is hard. And what I have found is that 
other teams, while I think you can easily explain to a marketer the benefits and they will get it of, like you said, brand recognition and, you know, brand voice and share of market. If you can show actual numbers, whatever those numbers may be, that's how you get the other teams um, to be invested in it. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So what is um, your philosophy and .CMS's philosophy when it comes to content marketing? Uh, what kind of content are you guys producing and have you been producing for the last you know, year or two? So we do, um, most of our content I would say is blogging, white papers. We do product briefs uh, to help with our product marketing. Webinars is a big one for us as well. Um, those are probably the main ones that we do. We also, you know, we do posts on social as well as, you know, our, our other content, but I would say that's kind of secondary when it comes to what we're doing in terms of our blogging and that type of thing. Um, you know, we've had a huge uptick, uptick in our content marketing in 2018 was when we really focused on it. And, you know, we have seen, um, like we were just talking about, they weren't, the results weren't right away. They did take some time. It did take a lot of explaining um, to other departments, but we are seeing those results now. I mean, it has been about a year, which is a long time to see some results sometimes, but, you know, we are seeing the results. We're seeing the uptick. We are seeing, you know, more traffic to our site. We're seeing that we are ranking for certain keywords. So um, the blogging and the webinars and those things that we're doing, they are working. Awesome. And also you mentioned as well, you're doing like product briefs and stuff like that. So one, mm -hmm. one, you know, one way that marketers, I think can, can, you know, get the rest of the C-suite on board and, uh, and other, and other stakeholders as well is, you know, saying that, you know, content marketing isn't just about sort of blogging twice a week, or isn't just about, you know, mm -hmm. hosting a webinar every now and again, actually can help the sales team directly. Right. So, you know, content marketing can, you know, you can actually, have pieces of content, whether again, it's a product brief, like you guys have uh, other case studies as well that I know you guys have on the site. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of stuff can help immensely in, in, with, with the sales team, right? Yeah, we do work really closely with our sales team and getting them the content that they need for their sales enablement, which are the pieces like you were just saying. We have product briefs because, you know, .CMS is a very complex um, product in that it has a little lot of different pieces that people use they pick different parts that they use of the product so if we can have a product brief that's about our analytics portion of our product you know that can help with the sales if they're working with a client who's interested in that part of the product um, so those are really helpful and then like you're saying too when we have case studies that we can give um, to the sales team that they can use when they are talking to prospects and show them how you know our product has other helped other companies those are really big as well yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's a point that <clears throat> not enough companies sort of understand or, or sort of embrace fully that, you know, when it comes to content, they need to think about their entire sort of ecosystem. So yes, blogging is one part of it. You also need to think about your case studies and your product briefs you've mentioned, uh, press releases and something else, uh, social media is another, is another area. So, you know, content isn't, we're not just talking about blogging, we're talking about content, we're talking about like the holistic you know, your brand's voice really, you know, where, where, what, what does your brand's voice look like and where is it, what, on what stages is it, is it going to speak basically? So yeah, mm -hmm. I, think, I think you guys are doing a, you know, a good job of sort of having that holistic, holistic approach rather than just saying, yeah, we just publish, we publish blog posts, we publish white papers and we wait for the leads to flow in. I think right. like, the holistic approach is definitely yeah. one that needs to be there. Yeah, so let's move on to um, there's one case study actually that I want to touch on that is on your website. It's on the .CMS website for listeners who want to go and check this out. 
it's called um well the the the, the Dotsimus client is called Gettysburg College. So they're obviously a college uh, based in the US. Um, what they've basically done is they've used .CMS, which is a headless CMS. Um, I'm not going to go into great detail what headless CMS is on, on this okay. podcast, but you can definitely, you can check out .CMS's blog, I believe, to, to find out what, what headless CMS is. Uh, but basically it allows .CMS to act as um, a sort of a content, uh, content hub in the middle of, you know, your, your ecosystem to distribute content to different channels, uh, pull content in from other channels, uh, so, you know, like CRM, for example, or a, or a, or a product information management system, whatever it may be, to then, you know, again, redistribute it out, repurpose it um, to be used on other platforms. So Gettysburg College, what they've done, uh, and again, you can find you can find videos of this and, and explain the pieces of, of, on this on the .CMS website, is they basically use .CMS to fuel their uh, Alexa, Alexa sort of um, skills. They've launched a few skills um, to help their students figure out what's for lunch, to figure out um, staff contact information, a whole bunch of other stuff that they can just sort of from their you know dormitory or from their room wherever they are just ask Alexa uh, for this kind of information and it sort of improves the the uh, the experience for them the university experience or the, the student experience and you know I'm just I'm just scrolling down through the the case study here and it's talking about future proofing content uh, which makes sense because you know when when your content is all in the same place and you know it's re- and it's easy to sort of redistribute it and reuse it it's it's easy to, to say that that's that's actually future proof because you know if a new a different uh, device pops up tomorrow which probably will uh, along with two or three others then you, you've got sort of content hub that can distribute it to them right am I, am I right in saying this Alex am I on the right track here yeah yeah you're absolutely yeah. right with that yeah so yeah basically what I want to ask you is on this you know with Gettysburg, Gettysburg College case study in mind do you think more companies should be taking this approach of, you know, saying to themselves, right, we've got content that, that is published on our website and we've got, we're publishing, you know, product briefs and case studies and stuff for the sales team too. But should they be thinking more, you know, should they be more forward thinking when it comes to this stuff? You know, should, be, should they be thinking about, you know, where do we stand when it comes to Alexa skills? Where do we stand when it comes to virtual reality and augmented reality? Uh, where, where will we stand in two or three years time when something new comes along or when again Alexa, Alexa makes a massive new step or Apple makes a massive new step on this front and suddenly a lot more people are using smart devices and IoT devices what's what's the take there what's your, what's your thoughts there yeah I mean I absolutely think that companies need to start thinking about it I don't think they necessarily need to you know tomorrow start building Alexa skills for their content if that's that's what it is. But, you know, they need to start thinking about it because it is a process um, to start thinking about how your content is going to fit into these IoT devices, whether it's an Alexa, whether it's, you know, a smart car or a smart appliance or, you know, a wearable item. Um, People are consuming the content how they want, which means you need to be ready for it. And that means more than just, I have my content stored in a headless CMS, which is basically... In, in what we're talking about right now, headless is just where you can store your content and then deliver it to any device is what a he- the biggest benefit of a headless CMS would be. But they need to really think about their content and, and what it is and how it would work. Um, because when you think about, you know, um, using the voice on your phone to, you know, ask Siri something versus asking an Alexa, there's different ways that you communicate with those devices. And that's what you need to be thinking about. Um, when I say brands need to think about their content is, okay, when it's, when you ask your phone 
to look something up for you, sometimes it just gives you web addresses where an Alexa will actually tell you and you can hear it. So, you know, you start to think about your content and how would my content work as a conversation versus just, you know, a one way you ask and I give you this list versus you ask, I maybe ask you a question back um, to, to try and find the information that you need. So these are things that you need to start thinking about with your content of how, how is it going to work um, in these new devices? And what, what do I need to think about of maybe reshaping my content from just, you know, you ask a question and I deliver you results to us having a conversation with our smart, our smart appliances. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you said you've got to think about what your content will actually look like on those on the different devices, right? On the different touch points, because having having it is one having it in one place that that can be easily distributed is one thing, but you know you can't just sort of have a blog post on, on an Alexa skill. It needs to be, or you know, you can't have a blog post, you know, fueling uh, a voice app or audio app that people will have a conversation with. Or for example, when it comes to uh, voice search, right? So many people now are using their phones or, or even other devices to do Google searches, right? They're asking Google or asking Siri or asking Cortana, or whatever it may be, uh, about questions about whatever, the kind of stuff you and me Google every single day, ranges all over the place. So, you know, companies need to start thinking about their their content from that perspective too. Um, and, as, you know, as far as like practical, practical applications of this, other than like what I've just said, uh, you mentioned as well, like smart appliances and that kind of thing. Uh, but people, you know, I think a lot of brands hear about, you know, IoT and they think it's just too far away right now. How many people are using smart fridges and smart, you know, socks and this kind of, you know, it doesn't really happen right now. Um, but one other way that, you know, companies are, are getting their content out there that, you know, they may not be doing today, but they may want to do tomorrow or next year is when you think about events like digital signage, right? Events or, or you know, anywhere really, even in a mall, uh, massive digital signage that needs to be, you know, fueled of content. And again, ahead of the CMS or, you know, thinking about how your content would fit, would, uh, would fit, would fit into that sort of, um, environment, you know, I think that's something that people need to think about a lot, lot more. Uh, we actually spoke, spoke about this in episode two of content and caffeine. We spoke about audio content strategies and I think this ties into that very well, guys. So if anyone's listening and wants to hear more about sort of audio content in particular, head down to episode two and you'll find some more very, very interesting stuff in that episode. Um, and, Alex, and I think, yeah, Kaya, just to go back to that, you know, you make a good point about digital signage and kind of, you know, that might be the next step for a lot of brands versus going straight into, a, you know, an Alexa skill or something to that effect. But I think that also ties back to, you know, originally what we were talking about with content marketing and how you have it on, you know, it's your brand in blog posts, but also in case studies and in all of these different pieces, you know, that's a big thing too, about when, when you're thinking about your content and how you have it in all these places, you want to keep it stored somewhere where, you know, we're talking about a headless CMS or a place that you can store your content and then deliver it to those devices, but also make sure that your content is consistent with your brand. Because I think too, once you get into delivering your content to all these different devices, your brand can get lost because you're trying to, uh, you know, make it fit for a certain device. So you might take some, uh, you know, might change up a little bit of what you would normally do. And I think also when you go back to having it stored in one place, that's where you can really make sure that your branding is consistent um, when you do take your content to other devices. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Okay, Alex, are you ready for the quick fire round? 
Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So first question is, what's your favorite social network right now and why? Um, for me, it would definitely be Instagram. I just, um, it's for me, it's an easy way to consume content, but also do it very casually. Uh, it's yeah. not something I need to be super invested in, in order to consume the content. Mm -hmm. And I think .CMS, like, um, you're one of the few companies that, uh, you know, deal, deal with software and, you know, quote unquote, you know, boring, uh, not, not boring, not boring. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> non-visual. Non I mean, look, I work. I only work with software companies, so it's boring in the industry. But you know, non-non-visual. Let's put it that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like people would people would assume that Instagram is not the right place for you guys. But I'm, I'm seeing more software companies jumping on there. You guys were, were, you know, kind of not not the first, but you know, you guys were from the, on there for about a year ago, I believe. How how is Instagram for you guys? How how do you use Instagram as a as a company that just produces software that you can't you can't really take a picture of the software? So how do you guys? Right. Use um, you know we've we've been using it uh, like our other social channels to help promote some of our content, but we do it a little bit differently. And you know, I we do really try to find the visuals that are going to work. And we've tried a couple of different um, you know types of visuals on Instagram because Instagram. Like most people are familiar with it now, um, certain things will catch your eye on it, you know, brighter visuals and, and people really like big quotes and those types of things. So we've tried that, you know, we've also had a lot of success of just using actual photography on there that helps us illustrate a point of, you know, if we're promoting a webinar or something like that. Um, to have that photography there will help us. And we've seen a lot of results with that. It, we get a lot of clicks. We have um, been able to track through clicks through our bio to see that people actually do sign up. Um, so it has been successful for us. Excellent. Very, very cool. Okay, next question is, whose content do you consume the most right now? So that could be like a podcaster, uh, an author, an Instagrammer. Um, for work or for pleasure? Um, let's do both. Let's do both. both. Let's do both. <laughs> um, when I'm looking for content, I usually am looking, I, uh, well, I guess for both, I, I subscribe, I do have a Feedly and that's how I get my content is through RSS feeds. Okay. Um, and for me, it's almost a way to make my own, you know, quote unquote newspaper. So I can have it in the sections that I want to read. And that's how I have all of the different, you know, subscriptions that I have are in two different sections. So, you know, I have sections that are for uh, marketing stuff. And that's where, you know, I think um, for me, HubSpot blog is a big one. Uh, we use it at .cms. And so I find that their content is actually really relevant to what I'm doing as well as um, not just with their product, but uh, in marketing itself. Okay. Um, and then I also, you know, I have it in there so that I can follow the news and follow like um, New York Times and, and easily read their articles. I actually find it a little bit easier than reading the articles on their site themselves. Um, so okay. Feedly is probably the where I get all my information. Interesting, Feedly. I'm going to check it out. Uh, and finally is what's your one tip for content marketers? My one tip. Um, I think the biggest thing I would say for content marketers and kind of marketers in general is it sounds, sounds a little selfish because it is, um, but don't forget to think about yourself. And I think we get kind of caught up in best practices and what our competitors are doing um, that we kind of forget about 
ourselves as marketers and kind of our own gut feeling of what's going to work and what doesn't work. Um, So I think sometimes you need to step back and think about, you know, like what kind of marketing do I like or what kind of content do I like to consume? How do I like to consume it? And see if you can then bring that back to what you're doing. I think sometimes we get, you know, like I said, everyone gets caught up in saying, you know, email is the way to go and you have to go through email and then start to think about, well, maybe you don't. Um, And I mean, personally for myself, I know that video is huge and a lot of people really like to consume through video. I'm not one of those people myself. I like to read articles. But so then I start to think about when I do read articles, what are the ones that I like and what are the ones that stand out? Um, And kind of taking those things and bringing them back to, to what I'm working on to try to make it something that I think you know, those people who do prefer to read over watching videos, um, what type of stuff we would, would like to read. So that's Very what I nice. think about, think about what you like in your own gut every once in a nice. while. Okay. The gut feeling, think about yourself. <laughs> I, I like it. Honestly, I really like that. So that's, I think it's a golden bit of advice. Alex, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, how can our listeners find you online? Um, yeah, I mean, I am on LinkedIn, Alexandra Barcelona. It's a, it's a long one, easy to remember. Um, LinkedIn's probably one of the easiest ways to uh, get in touch with me because I definitely see all those messages. So it's probably Excellent. the best way. Brilliant. Thanks so much again for coming on. All right. Thank you, Kaya. No problem. Guys, thank you for listening to Content and Caffeine. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to share it with your friends and your colleagues. And please remember to rate and review us on iTunes or whichever app you're listening to us on. If you're looking for show notes, head over to wordify.co forward slash podcast, and I'll see you again next week.